Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) Yes, thank you for joining me. I so appreciate the company. (laughs) I do feel it. Energetically, I do feel it. I feel our connection. I feel this joining, and I'm very grateful for it. We lift each other up. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and if you are new to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that we are connected And by the way, uh, at livingacourseofmiracles.com, we have all the episodes of this podcast uh, over five, it's about 550 now, and uh, a lot of them we have transcripts for if you're looking for those kinds of resources. We have a lot more free resources at livingacourseofmiracles.com also at jenniferhadley.com, just to make you aware of those things. And, oh my gosh, I just have such a deep and profound gratitude today. I am going to pray. (laughs) So I place my hand in my heart, and I am grateful and thankful that the love of God is what we are. We don't have to become that. We are already it. We are grateful to recognize the perfection and the wholeness that is already ours. We are seeking the kingdom, the only place it can be found, and that is within, within our heart. We are grateful that our heart is the altar of God, and we are holding in our heart on this precious altar of God All love, all peace, all joy, all freedom, all wisdom, all clarity. And we're doing so not just for ourselves, but for all of our brothers and sisters. We are profoundly interested in being truly helpful. So grateful to recognize the wholeness is intact. And in this deep, deep gratitude for what already is, And knowing that we do not have to make anything happen, we are willing to allow the highest and best to unfold in our life, in our experience. We are sharing the benefits with all of our brothers and sisters and all beings everywhere because we are united in this field of love. We are the field of love in which we are united So grateful that this is so. So grateful for our teachers, for the teachers of A Course in Miracles, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the angels, all the above beings, all the ascended masters who walk with us and talk with us. We're so grateful for the company, for the inspiration, the divine direction and guidance. In gratitude, we share the benefits. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. So grateful. All right. Let's jump right in here. So 
The topic this week, Spirit gave it to me very clearly, stop going it alone. And this is something that I have been contemplating for a long time, but it's really been in my awareness now for weeks that this is the way separation gets perpetuated. Separation, perpetuation comes from believing that going it alone is the ideal, that being self-sufficient is the ideal, that being independent is the ideal. It's certainly, good Lord, do I know that for most of my life, I absolutely thought this was the ideal, not to depend on anyone, not to rely on anyone but myself. And of course, what does this say about me? I had trust issues. And one of the great blessings of my life is I get to talk with the folks who take my programs like Masterful Living, Finding Freedom, Stop Playing Small, the Spiritual Counseling Certification and Training. I get to talk with these beautiful, beautiful folks, and we become part of each other's life, which is such a great, great gift to me. And almost exclusively, the big issue for all of us is trust. It's trust. And trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers, according to Jesus, in A Course in Miracles. Now, when we are believing that going it alone, being independent, rather than interdependent, not trusting others, not trusting God, if we believe that being self-sufficient is the ideal, we are perpetuating that separation consciousness. And the belief that it is desirable not to rely on anyone or anything. And we are seeing God, the Holy Spirit, life, love, intelligence as being outside of us and separate from us. And so we are interested in going it alone. We are living in a world where we are trying to get things. And so in that space of trying to get things, every day is an affirmation Something's missing. We're in lack and limitation. We're, we are on our own, and we have to get what we can get for ourselves because we are on our own. And so it is a self-perpetuating mindset that just keeps spiraling us down deeper and deeper into the darkness. As I was contemplating this, when I was a child, I definitely came to believe that it was the ideal to be self-sufficient and independent and not have to rely on anyone besides myself because people were unreliable. Now, 
I, I had very reliable family in the sense that they were definitely going to make sure I had the basic necessities. They were definitely going to look out for me and protect me and care for me. And yet, like most people growing up in their family, they find that people are unreliable. Whether it's your siblings, your grandparents, your friends, the teachers at school, everybody at times seems unreliable. They say they love you, they care about you, you're so important to them, but then they're mean to you or they say something to make you feel bad or ashamed or guilty. It doesn't mean that they don't love you and care for you. They don't know what they're doing in that moment. They're just running their programming of that's how they were raised, that's how they do it. So they're saying to you things like, or adults are saying to children, or children are saying to other children, don't be an idiot, you're such an idiot. What a jerk. Why would you do it that way? It's so stupid to do it that way. We, as a group, humanity, we are saying these shaming, guilting things all the time. That's why I make such a point of it, because I feel like if I can reach parents and grandparents so that they can intercept these habits in their own mind and not pass it on, I'm really helping to alleviate a lot of suffering. I had so much suffering in my younger days precisely because I would say things to other people to make them feel ashamed and guilty as a way of manipulating them and as a way of defending myself against being vulnerable. These are very common habits that we pick up along the way. I want to go to one of my favorite quotes in all of the Course in Miracles teachings. It's from Chapter 7, Section 3, Paragraph 1. And in here, Jesus says to us, When I said, quote, I am with you always, end quote, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. So he's telling us that he is omnipresent, omniscient, always with us, always. He meant it literally when he said, I am with you always. I deeply appreciate that. And he goes on to say, because I am always with you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone 
at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning. Now, that's the last half of the paragraph. I'm going to read this again with the first half of the paragraph. And this section in Chapter 7 is entitled, The Reality of the Kingdom. And it begins like this. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. All right, let's just look at that. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to everyone all of the time. What is the one lesson? It's unity. That we are part of this expression of God's infinite love, and that we are inseparable from it, and that what the Holy Spirit teaches us is to remember that this is true, And that is the way out of all suffering, is to recognize the unity with our fellow beings. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. Being conflict-free, the Holy Spirit maximizes all efforts and all results. So... We, I, I know myself, I, I have conflicts, right? I have fewer conflicts than I've ever had in my life, but I can still see I have conflicts. So a, a typical con- conflict that I have is I'm interested in the peace of God, but I still get annoyed and frustrated at times. And at times I allow my myself to feel that Annoyance rising up. Thinking, ah, I want to change this. I don't like this. I want it to be different. And so when I have those feelings, I'm in conflict. Because I can't want it to be different and not like how it is and be judging it and mentally attacking the people who are involved at the same time that I'm choosing the peace of God. So I'm in conflict. I'm saying I'd like the peace of God, but that is not what I'm choosing to energize in that moment. Fortunately, when we decide that we're really living A Course in Miracles, we're grateful that the conflict feels so apparent because it becomes uh, an absolute instantaneous, oh, I'm in conflict, time to go the other way. There's no hiding from it, right? Because I know for many of us, we don't even recognize how much conflict we're managing and coping with. We're inured to it. We don't see it. We don't feel it. We've become so used to it. It's as though there's a uh, background noise that's a disturbance. It's an ugly noise, um, a difficult noise. It's, it's 
not a pleasant noise, but we've become used to it. We don't even realize that we're compensating for it. That's how it is for most people, so that they, they don't even really recognize the conflict. For me, this is one of the things I hear from people doing the work with me in my programs, is they start to realize, oh my God, I didn't realize how much conflict I had in my life. I was so used to it, I didn't even see it anymore. It's like someone who's used to living in a grimy, dirty environment. You you just don't look at it anymore. You see past it. You don't think about it. You've trained yourself not to be bothered by it. But on a fundamental level, you're just bothered all the time. You just don't realize it because you've trained yourself not to. So the Holy Spirit is always conflict-free. There's no opposing thoughts in the mind of the Holy Spirit, which is the mind of God. So the, the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to be single-minded, not split in the mind, not trying to ride two horses in two different directions. By teaching the power of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit teaches you that all power is yours, right? Because we're part of the kingdom of God. So all power is ours. Its application does not matter. So there's no nothing conditional about it. It's not like, oh, you get power in, in this situation, but not in this situation. No, the fullness of the power of God is with us always because we are part of God. We are of God. Our nature is God's nature, which is the power of love. So, by teaching the power of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit teaches you that all power is yours. Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. That's the nature of the power of God. Always Maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. So our vigilance for God does not establish the power of God in our awareness, in our mind. It doesn't. But... When we are vigilant for God, then it enables us to actually use this power. So one of the things that Jesus talks about in the text, in the cause and effect section, chapter 2, he talks about making versus creating. And that creating is of God and making is of the ego. So the ego has no power. Ego has no power. Because power is only of love. It's only of God. There is no other power. So the ego cannot have power. 
Only God has power. So the ego can make things in this world, but that is an entirely different thing than creating, which is only of God. So everything that God creates is perfect. There's no imperfection in God. But in the ego, what the ego makes is transitory. It does not last. It is not real. It has no power. One of the things I say uh, that to me is so helpful in understanding this is that since we are of God and the power of God is in our mind, in our awareness, when we place our awareness inside the ego thought system, and one way to think about it is if you think of your mind, right, as a computer that, and the power that the computer has to compute is the power of God. But of course, we're, 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 um, it's a metaphor, we're quantifying it, and, and you can't do that with God, right? Because God is unlimited and infinite. But let's just say that God were, was like a computer. The ego thought system is a software. It's like a virus software. It seems like it can do something, but it really can't do anything. Because anything that the ego thought system does stays in this world, which is temporal, right? It's time-bound, time and space-bound. Therefore, it does not last. It is not real. Only love is real. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So, we're learning the power of the kingdom of God within ourselves. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And what the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit teaches us is through remembering. And that's what miracles are. Miracles are when we have a shift in our awareness and we remember the truth, we value the truth, or we remember to value the truth and to place our trust and faith in spirit. The miracle is when we remember to be vigilant only for God and not for the ego. Because the ego is a a, a thought system that is empty, it often appears to be insatiable, right? Because it's empty. It's a bottomless pit of emptiness. Whereas spirit and our true spiritual identity is 100% about having. We have the kingdom. It's already ours. We don't have to earn it. We didn't make it. It was given to us. It's ours. We are part of the kingdom, and the kingdom cannot be the kingdom without us. As Jesus says here, the Holy Spirit teaches you the power of the kingdom of God is this power that is yours. All power, 
all real power, which is the power of God, the power of love, is yours already. Its application doesn't matter. It is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. When I said I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation because I am always with you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning. The power of God that is our power, it comes from the unity of all life, the inseparability. And so, in order for us To have a healing at the level of the mind, we must recognize that going it alone is no longer desirable at all, ever, for any reason. We always go with Jesus. We always go with Spirit. We always go with the angels. We always go with the I Am Presence. We always go with the Holy Spirit. And if we're thinking we're alone, We're identified with the ego. We're running that faulty, limited software of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. Oh my goodness, time for me to take a break. (laughs) Goes by so fast. Gosh, I love this topic. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love A Course in Miracles. I love these teachings. They are so precious to me. I'm so happy to share them with you. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. And we're talking about partnering up. That's what I call it, instead of going it alone. And what uh, I was sharing here, chapter 7, section 3, paragraph 1, about how Jesus tells us that he's always with us. And what I find over the years, so I've been uh, a spiritual counselor since the year 2000. So at the moment of this broadcast, that's 22 years I've been a spiritual counselor, a prayer practitioner, and this has been my profession. And over the years, I have had so many conversations with folks who are in uh, classes with me or who are counseling client, and they're struggling with something, as we do. And I asked them, okay, so what is your spiritual practice in regard to this? 
And in that moment, they don't really have much of one. And that is why they're struggling in that moment. So I asked them, are you partnering up? Are you trying to go alone? Are you looking for support from the invisible field? Before I studied A Course in Miracles, I understood that the angels, the company of heaven, the ascended masters, this incredible field that we live in, that is our very essence. We not only live in a field of infinite love, we are that field. We're inseparable from it. And so when we are on our own, in our, which we can only be mentally, we can't actually literally be alone, uh, it just can seem like it, then we're, we're actually declaring to the universe, I prefer to go it alone. I prefer this. That's why I'm choosing it. You see, we, we can only experience this aloneness by actively choosing it. And so one of the ways that we are, what's the word? Punishing the people in our lives that have disappointed us, right? Because they didn't meet our expectations. We feel disappointed. We feel hurt. They may not have been capable of meeting our expectations. Uh, and not, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one who says expectations are often a recipe for disappointment. And I, I've learned that firsthand, of course, like we all have. And when we feel this hurt and the disappointment, we interpret it as we're not loved, we're not lovable, something's wrong with us, we're bad, we're missing something, we don't deserve it, etc., etc., etc. But we're the ones who are thinking that it should be different than it is. We're the ones who are actually deciding to punish people for not meeting our expectations. And it's a very common thing for people to make this decision then, I'm going to go it alone. I'd rather go it alone and be my own source of disappointment than allow my heart to feel any more hurt than it is because these people are unreliable and disappointing. So what Jesus is teaching us in the Course is if you'd like to have that deep sense of love and fulfillment and rightness, we have to extend the love, the patience, the kindness, the generosity, the compassion that we'd like to receive. We have to extend it to our brothers and sisters unconditionally. To have, give all to all. But who else is teaching us that? Did our parents teach us that? Did our grandparents teach us that? Did our friends teach us that? Did our school teach us that? Did our church teach us that? No. No one taught me that. I first came 
to that understanding through the teachings of the science of mind and then A Course in Miracles. Because those are the places where I learned that there is a unity of all life and that what I do to others will be done to me. Do unto others as you would have done unto you because what you do to others will be done to you. It may not be the exact thing, but energetically you will feel that same energetic that you're putting out. So for me, I was putting out the energetic, I don't trust you, you're not safe, you could hurt me, and then to the people that didn't meet my expectations, you have hurt me, you are responsible for these hurt feelings I have. You made me feel this way, and I am going to punish you by withholding love from you, by not trusting you, by attacking you, by blaming you, by shaming you, by guilting you. And then when I did that, I just felt worse and worse, more unlovable, more depraved, more bad, more wrong, sinking lower and lower and lower. And still blaming it on others. It's not my fault. I didn't make this world. But you know what? I now know. I didn't make the world. Well, hmm. Maybe I did. Now I can see I made the world I experience. I'm responsible for what I see. And I choose the feelings I would have. And everything that I think is being done to me is something that I chose. And I'm willing to take responsibility for that now. And I am willing to partner up. I'm not interested in going it alone anymore. So I don't feel alone anymore. I don't. And I can tell you personally, like right now in my life, uh, uh, I am just about to get a kitten. So <laughs> I, I, I've mentioned a bit about getting my dog Bodhi, the puppy I got last year, 2021. And I wanted a dog for many, many decades. Finally got my precious puppy. And I knew I wished to get a kitten as well. And I kept looking online at different shelters and things for the perfect kitten, whatever perfect is, just the, the kitten I felt like, ah, oh, that's that's our family member. And uh, not finding that kitten, so trusting, okay, now's not the time. Let, let me and Bodhi establish our relationship before we bring a kitten into it. So now a friend is bringing me a rescue kitten, And I'm also going to foster that kitten's brother uh, for a while. And as I'm preparing my house to my home, to our home, Bodhi's in my home, to welcome this kitten. And I'm studying as much as I can, as fast as I can about how to do this to make the most harmonious experience on an ego side, my personality side is like, oh, this is 
could be a very intense experience. This is a lot of detail for me to pay attention to. And since I'm the only person in this house and the other members of the house are all going to be animals, um, it's all on me. You know, I don't have a partner right now. It's all on me. So I'm thinking, is this really what I would like to do? But I feel this uh, calmness in the center. And I keep energizing that the whole field is at work on this. And that everything is going to be perfect. Whatever perfect looks like and feels like, the perfection will be revealed. And my intention for all of us is peace and harmony, love and joy, wholeness, freedom. And so my my sense is that Bodhi will really, really enjoy having animal companions in the house. Uh, she's a golden retriever, and golden retrievers just love every other kind of being. And uh, she has experienced a little bit of catness, um, just Lisa Natoli and Bill Free have two cats, and when we stayed at their house, uh, Bodhi had a little bit of interaction with their cats, and she just was so excited to meet these cats. Uh, she, she didn't play with the cats. Cats are too skittish for that, but um, I, I see how she is with other dogs. She just is so happy to be around any other dog, any other animal. Um, so I'm trusting, I'm trusting, because I'm, I'm not going in alone. While, yes, I'm going to be the only adult person in the house, I feel the invisible field of love is going to support every activity around this expansion of uh, our family. And the fur babies these little kittens who are about 11 weeks old will, of course, be cared for in the highest and best way. It's my strong intention. And I have, I don't have any real doubt about it. But as I learn and study about it, I have questions. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to pay attention to all these different details. And how am I going to work it out? So uh, on a logistic level, it will be worked out, but and I'm, so I'm just allowing all of that to be revealed and discovered, and I have faith. So my life is a continuous experiment in trust and faith. And when counseling clients and, and folks in my classes come and say you know, things are really, really hard for them right now, I ask them, are you partnering up? Are you partnering up? Every time you feel distress, are you partnering up? You know, this is one of the reasons why I have been recording a daily prayer since 2007, since the spring of 2007, because folks forget to pray, and they, or they don't know how to pray. So I record my prayer for today every day. And that prayer for today podcast has got almost 3,000 prayers in it right now. 
That's amazing to me. And we've only been doing the podcast, I think, since mm, 2016, something like that. So, uh, yeah, lots of prayers in there. Just put in a topic, you'll get some prayers about it. So anybody, of course, that podcast for all the prayers is free. And you can also call. There's a um, phone line. That's been established all these years since 2007. Uh, So right now it's 15 years I've been doing it every day. Uh, Missed a few days here and there, but basically every day. I can't remember the last time I missed a day, I think, was I was uh, I got some food poisoning, I think, when I was in Thailand in 2016. I missed a prayer on my birthday. I think it was. Anyway, uh, the phone number, it's a California number. There's no charge for the call. It's just a California number, 760-569-6005, 760-569-6005. And so you can call that prayer line 24-7, and it's just whatever it costs you to call California. So if it doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't cost you anything. And... um I do that so that people can always access it. And, of course, I publish it on my blog, my daily shot of inspiration, the spiritual espresso I publish every day. With written inspiration, there's the daily prayer. It's the constant reminding to partner up day after day after day. It changes our lives. We stop going it alone. We stop feeling that. We are on our own and unworthy of love. Prayer is absolutely the life-changing, the number one life-changing tool in my life was prayer. Now, my prayers are not a begging, beseeching prayer. So if you think of other folks who teach a begging, beseeching prayer, the asking prayer, it's, you know, Heavenly Father, we ask that you guide. That's not the prayer that I teach. I teach basically um, a, a slightly modified version. I, I find it's just easier, uh, my version of what Ernest Holmes taught, the prayer treatment, the five-stage treatment. I, I teach a four-stage version that I find people learn it easier that and so I've been teaching that for a long time and people who are in Masterful Living in my other programs tell me uh, on a very regular basis that one of the great benefits to the programs I offer is that they learn how to pray in an effective way and so it's not the asking prayer it is the knowing affirmative prayer. And it has changed my life completely. It is the number one thing that has changed my life. It's opened up my willingness because I used to be so resistant and so reluctant. So that's how I stopped going it alone, was remembering to pray over and over and over again throughout the day, to the point where I wake up in the middle of the night and I go right into prayer. I, I, I can't tell you how powerfully 
it eliminates worry, and people have amazing, miraculous results. And the number one result that people have is they develop trust, which is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. To me, one of the greatest experiences of my life is to work with folks who are desperately afraid, desperately worried, in absolute fear of their own unworthiness, of their children's challenges or their physical body experiences. When people can really become in tune with trust and faith in spirit, no longer going it alone, recognizing that it's not possible for them to be alone, that Jesus is always with them, that spirit is always with them, that they are held in the mind of God, and everything, 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 everything God uses for good. That realization transforms our lives through the renewing of our mind. So we remember that we are part of God. God has not left the building. We are not on our own, nor is it even possible. The relief is so huge. It is so life-changing. There's no going back. And that's why I absolutely love the power of prayer and being able to empower people by helping them to understand how to pray affirmatively and effectively. And so I have uh, an introduction to uh, these prayer teachings. It's a four-part class called Prayer Power. And I'm going to be offering it again. I do it once a year. But you can get it at any time. You can get the recordings of whatever the most recent time I did it is. But I'm going to be doing it again live starting Monday, April 18. And uh, it's it's a class you can sign up for it at jenniferhadley.com. Prayer Power for Mondays with me. And now, because that has been so life-changing and so successful, I uh, finally relented, and a couple years ago I started teaching prayer practitioners and also uh, offering modules, uh, three more modules. So Prayer Powers Module 1, and then I have three more modules now on prayer. Oh, I just love those classes I do, I do, I do. (laughs) I love talking about prayer because it took me from this habit of trying to do everything myself and thinking that I had to and thinking that it's not desirable to involve others whether they are visible or invisible. So this is one of the things that I feel the angels and the ascended masters taught me to rely upon their wisdom, their companionship, and to stop going it alone. And that, for me, was 
the biggest step in undoing this feeling of separation. Now I'm going to jump to chapter 6, section 5. Chapter 6, section 5, which is the lessons of the Holy Spirit. And as I've mentioned before, the the big lesson here is to have, give all to all, right? And in fact, what Jesus says here is that the Holy Spirit's teaching begins with the lesson to have, give all to all, because we're undoing the sense of separation. Now, in paragraph six, so it's chapter six, section five, then subsection A, paragraph six. Jesus says, this is a very preliminary step and the only one you must take for yourself. It is not even necessary that you complete the step yourself, but it is necessary that you turn in that direction. What direction? To have, give all to all. The joining, right? We have to be willing to come back to the realization of union as the most desirable versus separation. So we have to be the ones who say, that's what I'm interested in. That's the willingness right there. I'm interested in the joining. I'm interested in extending to have, give all to all, extending all to all. He says here, having chosen to go that way, you place yourself in charge of the journey where you and only you must remain. This step may appear to exacerbate conflict rather than resolve it because it is the beginning step in reversing your perception and turning it right side up. So initially, we may start to feel conflict. I don't want to give all to all. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that say, I don't want to love whoever. I don't want to love that politician. I don't want to love that serial killer. I don't want to love them. Well, we don't have to like them, but extending love to all, compassion to all, is something we must see as desirable. So initially, there can be a lot of conflict that comes up. All right. This conflicts with the upside-down perception you have not yet abandoned or the change in direction would not have been necessary. Some remain at this step for a long time, experiencing very acute conflict. Think of how divisive the world has been lately. The conflict so acute. Why? Because we're resisting joining. At this point, they may try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step towards its resolution. But having taken the first step, they will be helped. However, uh, excuse me, once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, they are no longer alone. We cannot complete this journey back alone. And so now, mentally, we are no longer alone. That's the big shift. That's what we're talking about here. Stop going it alone. Stop seeing that as desirable. How do you stop doing it? You just affirm you're willing. You're willing. 
So we start to see ourselves as not separate, to have, give all to all, partnering up, partnering up, partnering up, partnering up, partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self all the live long day. Every time you feel uncomfortable, partner up again because you lost that partnership. Comfort comes from the partnership. Oh my gosh, it's time for me to close. We are grateful and thankful for the union of all life. We are the beloved of the beloved now and forever. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Thank you. Have a most beautiful week. Mwah.